This is the Get Out of Here Baldy Podcast, episode 37, April 18th, 2023. This week's Baldy of the Week is actually two Baldies. Jim Henson's characters Statler and Waldorf, who make their appearances on The Muppet Show and many of the Muppet movies. National Day celebration on April 19th. We celebrate National Garlic Day. If you have a favorite recipe with garlic, reach out to the Baldies and let us know. This day in history, April 20th, 1862, the first pasteurization test was completed by Frenchman Louis Pasteur and Claude Bernard. We give thanks for the process of pasteurization and how it has revolutionized the way that we eat food. We talk a little bit about Pastor Ben's message last Sunday on the Holy Spirit as our helper. Pastor Aaron closes out the podcast by reading one of his favorite psalms, Psalm 107. Thanks for joining us, friends. And now let's go get this bread. They're Ben and Aaron, and they love sharing about their love for Jesus and food covered in cheeses. Weird news, history, sports regaled from a generation raised playing Oregon Trail. National celebrations almost every day. There's only one thing I have to say. Don't you point or stare at their lack of hair. Yes, they're follically challenged, so sing along with the biblical Baldy Ballad. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, read 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, if you don't know what I mean, come and take a listen to your two bald kings. What's up? Baldy buddies and welcome to another episode of the Get Out of Here Baldy podcast. I'm your host Aaron Michaud and I'm joined by as always Pastor Ben Hitsfield. How's it going, brother? Awesome. Just doing great. It's a beautiful day outside. We've uh we've accomplished something very good today. Uh doing some tech stuff. Appreciate you going into battle with me, moving our website to It's a just new... a bunch of guys, two bald guys who have no idea what they're doing, Googling it. <laughs> just trying. Googling it. Doing, uh, you know, the, the, the worst you could do is is try something and then fail and realize you got you to gotta do it again or figure out another way. So um, that's the worst. This, like most things, it's just one of those things where you're like, this is not rocket science. Right. There's just an intimidation factor. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you think, you know, just... I mean, you have to remind yourself that most things that you're going to do in a day, it's not like pressing the nuke button. Yeah. Most things you're going to be able to recover. I can't actually break the internet. There you go. Amen. That's a good feeling. <laughs> well, man, we got a baldy, two baldies of the week. This we got is, a pair. This is great. This is the, They were a pair of baldies well before we were. Yes, they were. Um, yeah. And so the Baldies of the week this week are Statler and Waldorf. And um, I, I don't know, if you're any younger than us, you probably don't know who these people are. But Statler and Waldorf are a pair of Muppet characters best known for their cantankerous opinions and shared penchant for heckling. 
The two elderly men first appeared on The Muppet Show in 1975, where they consistently jeered the entirety of the cast and their performances from the balcony seats. Created by Jem Henson, the characters have been performed by numerous puppeteers, including Henson, in a variety of films and television productions within The Muppet franchise. Statler and Waldorf are named after two landmark New York City hotels, the Statler Hilton and the Waldorf Astoria. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Fun fact. Yep. So do you, I mean, before I get to these maybe more serious questions, um, do you have a moment that you're just like, I got these two guys, I remember this, this one. Gosh, there's, there's, I don't, I mean, there's not one that comes to my mind. Sure. Um, I just, I I just love, we watched The Muppet Show growing up Mm. and that was, um, that was something that. I don't know if it was on TV or if we had the VHS tapes. Maybe it was kind of a combination of both. Well, I think it was on TV. I think it was sort of, was it evening evening time when it came mm-hmm. on? And it was just, I mean, it was like how like adults had their Johnny Carson. This was, sure. this was for kids. But also, you know, our parents watched it. And as we've got older and, and you know, have Eliana, it's still enjoyable for, for, for me to watch, to go back and revisit those old Muppet shows and to see the different guests that they had, uh, people that were popular, actors and singers, and the skits, the skits that they did. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was fantastic. And Waldorf and uh, Statler were just, uh, they were just fun to, 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 to love and, you know, just how, how they really made Kermit and the rest, especially Kermit. Yeah, that's was, uh, <laughs> the interactions between Kermit were that, those were the, my favorite. Oh, it was so good. Because Kermit is typically pretty positive kind of guy. Yeah, but he gets flustered with them. Yeah, yeah. Very. They know how to get under his his green Green skin. skin. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good way of putting it. Nice. You know, I I these guys are hilarious, and I I love um, a little fun critique every once in a while. Uh, but I do find it they're almost becoming now tragic figures in my mind. Um, Yeah. As we kind of have. I don't know. So, like, if they were on social media, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, they'd fit right in. Uh, but they pay. So they they're paying for balcony seats at a show that they hate every night. And I felt like is this kind of emblematic of the culture in which we live? I think so. <laughs> I, I think it's it's certainly. Um, how many how many things do we have at our disposal and uh, things that we pour so much time and attention mm. into that we just we can't get enough of and then we continue to I mean this kind of goes back to our Ecclesiastes series and, and Hevel and mm. uh, thinking about just how much we look to things in, in life for uh, fulfillment a spectacle you know you mm. could say Waldorf and, and uh, Statler are taking in the spectacle and uh, but maybe you know there, there's a sense in which you know they may be cantankerous you know and, and they're complaining about different things but they they're how many times that they're laughing and having fun with it you know yeah that's kind of there, there's kind of I guess um, that that side of it as well that seems like they they enjoy just kind of you know making fun of things and, well that's how they get their laughs yeah. right is yeah. berating other things and right. I'm like. I don't like I the the sad thing about these two is like I understand them. Yeah. Um, but the more I've thought about it, I'm like, oh, is that should I take joy in tearing something down? Yeah. Um, and I think they're yeah. we were talking about this when uh, just uh, with comedians, right? Last week mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. this idea of satire and yeah. comedy can actually be a great way to yeah. bring 
out some critique. Sure. Um, and so when do you think, and like, there is a place for prophetic critique yeah. in, in our culture. Yeah, there is. Um, and I, like I said, comedy satire can be actually a great way to do that. When, when do we move from the realm of prophetic critique to unhelpful complaining or criticism, do you think? What's that line? I think if it is aimed, if the intention is uh, to not be a spokesperson for myself, Mm. but for the kingdom of God. Mm. And maybe that's hard to distinguish for some folks, but at the, at the very least to say, is this just a pet peeve of mine? Is this a, a culture war kind of thing that I, I'm just trying to be a warrior in and trying to fight? Or is this truly something that, like the prophets, I feel like God... Is, and, and perhaps mm. we could look at the things that were, the, the drums that were beating and say, is this something that the prophets, is this something that Jesus... Uh, is this something that we can find in Scripture that through the ages has been uh, at the forefront, mm. you know, of, of talking? And because really the things that the Old Testament, the prophets, the things that Jesus and the apostles, I mean, those things are repeated themes all throughout history. Mm. You know, they're, they're not talking about things that are just stuck in their day and all the, you know, now we're living in, in a new and better world where those things no longer exist. Sure. Same problems exist. And so perhaps maybe that's a good way to to distinguish. I like that. Some of that, maybe part of that is is um, maybe what it, what is our language, um, what is our heart towards people as as we might be used by God to to be a prophet in a sense, mm. you know, uh, to critique in a sense. Um, well, and that's a good way of putting it because you're not you're not just tearing something down for the sake of tearing it down. You're trying to expose the absurdity of something um, to replace it with something better and more beautiful. Yeah. And so that's actually I I, I like that. Yeah. Huh. I don't know that I have much to add to that. That was I think a pretty good succinct filter there. I appreciate that. It's time to and well, and it's like you said when we when we yep. look at those timeless principles, those manifestations in the particular of our culture can be uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, and so if you're, I don't know, I have a tendency. I, I guess I I grew up in Christian circles that are probably very quick to critique culture. Okay, so I I tend to swing maybe a little bit to the side of hey, let's see what's beautiful in it. Sure. Um, but there's ugliness there. There's ugliness, yeah. And so if that's maybe if that's your tendency, be open to this idea sure. that I think Statler and Waldorf open that some things are worth critiquing. Yeah. Um, and and but don't leave it with the critique. Replace it with something beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you're the person that like any sort of commentary or critique in the negative sense makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. There are things that need to be called out as sure. ugly or evil or whatever it is, and uh, there's a place for that. And so, again, in trying to see the beauty in everything, don't call evil good yeah. or ugly beautiful sure. when Scripture would have us maybe do something a little different. There may be times you know, in, in the show, in the Muppet show, where if, if Kermit maybe had a little bit of a sense of humor too, maybe he could laugh along with, mm-hmm. with them, you know? So uh, maybe there's also some of that as well. Um, I know when we are on the receiving end of critique, whether it's done with comedy um, or you know, seriousness, our first instinct is to, to save ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, to, to hide 
Um, and so sometimes, maybe maybe in those moments, just to kind of um, be aware of how we are responding to that ourselves, mm. and then just know that if we're going to be used by God to critique or to offer, you know, s- some thoughts about whatever it is in our culture, know that probably a lot of people are going to do the same thing as well. So absolutely, just be be ready for that. Be be, pre- be prepared for that. Yeah. And that, like that, and that's a good way of again. You keep pointing it back to the kingdom of God. It's and as as one maybe doing the critique. This isn't that I don't like it or it's my opinion. What I'm trying to do is give voice to the truths of God, because for some odd reason He invited me to participate in doing that. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. And it, absolutely. But yeah, I think you're like you said. Am I advocating for me, mm. or am I advocating for something that God has said? Um, that's a great filter. That's good. Boom. Yep. yep. Statler and Waldorf. Go watch the highlight reel on YouTube. It's worthwhile. <laughs> National Celebration, April 19th, which is Wednesday. If you're listening Tuesday, you can prepare for this. If if you're listening Wednesday, you need to go out to the store now because it's National Garlic Day, folks. This is big. This is big. One thing's obvious, right? There is a certain something in the air during National Garlic Day. Yeah. Did you know that Egyptians worshipped garlic as a god and even used it as a currency? Mm. And that's not all. Garlic supposedly gave strength to Greek athletes and warriors, warded off the evil eye, and protected maidens from evil nymphs, not to mention vampires. So just to think about all the garlicly foods we love, there's garlic bread and garlic fries for starters. If you feel strongly about garlic like I do... Celebrate, yeah, April nineteen. So, are you a fan of garlic? I love it, love it. Yep, you've uh, you've got me pegged. <laughs> Color me as a lover of, of garlic, man. Um, garlic is one of those things that, as my my in, my tolerance for some foods is changing, I have to be careful mm. because I love garlic in the the heavy cream sauces from Olive Garden, and I just can't do that. As, as much. Hmm. And so I have to eat garlic in other kinds of sauces and other kinds of ways. Of course, garlic bread, who doesn't love? And that's easy, you know, to do, easy to eat. Um, we, had, we had a friend growing up who uh, the doctor prescribed garlic pills because there's mm-hmm. all, all sorts of health okay. benefits yeah, that come absolutely. along with, with garlic as long as it's not combined with fats and all of those unhealthy things. But so he took a garlic pill every day. And so when he sweat, you can imagine the smell. And so um, every, his mom said that when he took showers and baths, in the, you know, that the water would turn yellow, if, especially if he like, took a bath and sat in it for a while, the, the water would turn yellow from, from the garlic just coming out of his pores. That is crazy. I got so, a similar story. I won't say who it is to save them the embarrassment. But they are a huge garlic lover, as okay. are most of my family and extended family. Okay. And this member of our family uh, ate a whole clove of garlic, like just roasted oh. with oil, and would just eat it. Well, they were working at a gym at the time, and they would come in, and, and people would go, and, and, you know, garlic can actually give you a little bit of, not only does it see through your pores, it can give you a little bit of gas. Yeah. Um, and so as they were kind of working the front counter, people would come in and go, is someone cooking in here? Oh and it was gosh. like the whole gym just reeked <laughs> of garlic. Um, but I think they would say it was worth it. I really do. So, like like eating it? I mean, because just, they loved it so much? They loved it so much. And even though everyone came in, 
but garlic, man. When we lived in Indiana, I uh, set out to make my, my own barbecue sauce. Mm. And so I got a recipe, and it called for a, a clove of garlic. And I... Did I say clove? I meant bulb. She ate a bulb. bulb. Yeah. So that was what I confused. Oh, it, okay. it called for a clove of garlic, and I chopped up a whole bulb and put it in my, my barbecue sauce. I went to... Becca was working at a bank at the time, mm. and so I'm at the house like cooking up this barbecue sauce, and I think I taste tested it before I left, and I was like, something went drastically wrong mm. with this. And of course, I, I didn't know it at the time, but you know, I had confused the bulb and, and the clove. I went to go see Becca at the bank, and kind of a similar thing, like your like your family member. <laughs> Becca was like, "What have you been doing? Like, why do why do you smell so bad of garlic?" And I told her, I said, "Yeah, something went wrong." And and somewhere in that conversation, the light bulb went off, mm. and Becca was like, "She goes, you didn't do a whole bulb, did you?" And I was like. Uh, I probably we did. did. There yeah. So I threw it out. I haven't. I need, I need. I need. I need to to try that again because I I haven't tried again. I need to make my own barbecue sauce. So. Yeah, I, I have a recipe that I do. Oh that good. Was, hell yeah. Oh good. I it's got some good vinegar and sweetness and smokiness to it. But, That's good. Um, love it. And then mm. so oh, I had a thought. It's gone now. Oh well. So do you have like a favorite dish? Oh, I was, oh what I was going to mention was I so garlic straight, which seems weird, like but they make little things that roast garlic and people do like to eat the the uh, um, cloves just whole mm. when they've been roasted and it's actually not bad. Yeah. But when I was down in Arizona on on spring break, okay. um there's this little Mesa market uh, near my parents' house where you can buy all sorts of like goodies. Um and they do like they had like chili mangoes and different things, but one of the things they had was garlic chips, like dehydrated cloves of garlic. And I was like, I don't, I was like, m- my wife, I was pointing that going, you would love that. Yeah. Um, and they actually let us sample some of them and they were like delicious. It was unbelievable. Huh. So I again, garlic by itself is not necessarily like my favorite way to eat garlic, yeah, but right. I was shocked. I've had roasted, whole roasted garlic cloves and garlic chips now, and I'm like, I can see why people would do it. I might not choose to, but I would do it. But what is your favorite garlic dish? You mentioned cream sauces. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the, the chicken alfredo is Mm. is always good. And, of course, that's one I've had to eat less and less of. Mm. But a good um, garlic – is is it a garlic and truffle – or is that too much? Ooh. Maybe it's just truffle fries. But I mean, I've had the garlic fries. I think at um, I think Red Robin makes a really mm. good garlic fry. Yeah, kind of garlic oil on it. So, but yeah, that, uh, that's probably my, my favorites. Garlic oil. And I think we had a place in Spokane that would do that with like gorgonzola cheese on these fries. It was almost like a cream sauce, and so good. It sounds good. I like to. I just. I, I'm a big. Um, soup guy okay and so i will often use the holy trinity of you know onions carrots celery but then i always got to throw in a couple cloves of garlic to to do that um i do like just stuffing meat with it too okay where like when you throw it on a grill or slow cook it yeah um throwing that in with a roast or something yeah man it's awesome man i could i mean it, it, th- that would be one that I could see how it, it would be hard not to to worship as a god, you know, if you didn't know any better. So. <laughs> That's right. So, folks, let us know what your 
eating on National Garlic Day, we'd love to know what yeah. dishes are that we could maybe cook up at home and give a try. Absolutely. All right. This day in history, April 20th, which would be Thursday, 1862, the first pasteurization test is completed by Frenchman Louis Pasteur and Claude Bernard. If you're unfamiliar with what pasteurization is, it's a process of food preservation in which packaged and non-packaged foods such as milk and fruit juice are treated with mild heat, usually to less than 100 degrees Celsius to eliminate pathogens and extend shelf life. The process is intended to destroy or deactivate microorganisms and enzymes that contribute to food spoilage or risk of disease, including vegetable bacteria, but uh, most bacterial spores survive the process. Mm. So um, I did a little project on Louis Pasteur when yep. I was in high school in chemistry class. We had to do these little stuffed beanbag gopher things, and I chose to model mine after Louis Pasteur. Um, and so, again, we, this is something that we, like, I, I can't imagine how different our society and economy would be if this Without didn't, that. But this didn't happen. And so You're right. I'm just thinking through what are, are – do you have some food or that you like to consume that you're just thankful for this process and science? Cheese comes up to the top. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's number one. I mean, there's so many – you think about how that changed the, the su- supermarkets mm. where you, you went from – where probably a lot of it was fresh produce and meats and, yeah. and fresh milk and things like that to now the bulk of what's in the store – is, is really comes from from that pasteurization process that can be shelf stable. Um, one of the like in the military, one of the things I appreciated mm. was um, was uh, like like milk, like non refrigerated milk kind of stuff. You know, non dairy kind of milk and things like that. Um, that that really at the end of the day tastes just as good. Um, you wouldn't really know unless you know you read the package and saw that sure. it wasn't actually milk and stuff. So. Um, but yeah, no, I think we're we're hitting on two really cool. I mean, with garlic and the pasteurization process, I mean, kind of goes hand in hand there with a lot of the things that <laughs> garlic helps to enhance. There them. are some beautiful things, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, and I do like pasteurization. Yeah. It's neat. Like we get to eat like global cuisine because of that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't ha- it wouldn't survive the trip over. Right, yeah. and I just I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I I, I know some people like yeah. maybe it's made you not appreciate your local, you know, farmers or what you grow here. And and maybe that's changed some things. And I think there's a place to really dig into Mm -hmm. a local place's cuisine and what they actually produce. But I think it's pretty neat that we can sample those things from all around the globe um, because of processes like that. And yeah, cheese is big in our house uh, too. Do you have a favorite kind of cheese? Just gonna keep digging down. We're gonna fall down this rabbit hole. I probably should say American. <laughs> um, no, uh, provolone. I think provolone's uh, provolone. It's a pretty solid cheese. It melts really um, well. It does. It melts well. It goes on really good. It goes on subs well. Um, mozzarella is pretty good too. I like mm-hmm. like that. I mean, you, again, that goes on subs. Goes on pizza, especially good fresh mozzarella. Sure, yeah. Um, one of the things I, I realized a few years ago was how freshly grated cheese. Really, it is is an improvement over the already grated mm. cheese in, in the bag as well. Mm. So that can make a difference. It's like grinding your own beans in a way. Yeah. 
Yeah, just better. It it is, yeah, and maybe because you feel you know a little bit of elbow. You're working for it a little sure. bit, you know. So you have a favorite cheese. So you know, um, a a good sharp white cheddar. Okay. Oh, um, my yeah. wife's from Vermont. Vermont, yeah. So Vermont cheddar. That's good. a that's a big thing in our household, and I love yeah. pairing that with like apples. Oh yeah. So you get like the the sweet yeah. with the kind of a tartness. the sharpness, uh-huh. and it's like you you watch Ratatouille. You know that scene where he's like trying to introduce his overweight buddy to like the idea of cooking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And where he takes like I think they take I think maybe it was strawberries and cheese. Where yeah. he, like the strawberry he eats it. Yeah. And it's like oh, there's these wonderful notes here, and then he has the cheese, and oh, that's nice by itself. But then when he has them together, it, together. it like explodes in yeah. color and new ways. I'm like apple and cheddar does that for me. It does sound pretty good. I'll, I'll it give is. That a try. Yeah. It's a winner. Um, that's awesome. So and yeah. I had Swiss on my burger last night. I like a good Swiss cheese. Yeah. But if I'm eating cheese by Swiss itself, it's sharp cheddar is hard to beat. Okay. But like you said, a good buffalo mozzarella. That yeah. like, oh man. And and really putting stuff on on a burger like the those the slices of American cheese that are you're not sure if it's how real it is, <laughs> you know, like how natural it is, yeah. but it melts perfectly. It melts it or in in a good um, uh, grilled cheese sandwich, yeah. you know. My kids, so like I do, they love all kinds of cheeses, which is like a lot of kids are kind of picky when it comes to cheese. So I think I did, I did uh, patty melts for them last night, mm. and I think I did provolone, Swiss, and cheddar, and just had like they they'll they'll go for the combo and mm. love all the different little flavors. But this goes along with our theme song. I love for Jesus and food covered in <laughs> cheeses. cheeses. That's yeah. it. It's good. And we have Louis Pasteur. Thank you, Louis. And, uh, you know, the guy who's less known, maybe Claude Bernard. Thanks, bud. So 1862. There were some things going on in America at that time. And so was Louis, where was he from? He's a French guy, I think. Frenchman, yeah. He had, because he wasn't in America at the time, he had the ability to really focus on that. Whereas if he would have been here, he would have had other things going on with the Civil War and stuff. So while bad things were happening over here in the United States, there were good things happening overseas. There you go. Just remember, somewhere in the globe. Something good's happening, right. you know? There's that Dave Matthews song, um, Funny the Way It Is. Have you ever heard it? Mm-mm. There's these lines, like the chorus talks about how, like, um, you're in the park on, like, a sunny day, and then you hear the fire truck sirens yeah. go by. Yeah. And it's like, oh, someone's house is burning down on a day like this. And... So it just explores that tension between like I could be going through the worst thing in the world and someone's having a baby. Yeah, yeah. And you know that's where we live in. That's it. There's incredible beauty, incredible Mm. tragedy happening all at once, all all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Who knew? All right. Mm. So thanks, Louis. Thanks, Claude. Yeah. Your sermon. We started a new series. Yes. um, Called the Life. Giving spirit yeah. is the name you settled on. Yeah. You know, just kind of pencil yeah, yeah. sketch what we're doing over the next season here. Yeah, this is because Jesus spent 40 days with his disciples before he ascended up to heaven. And a big part of that was, I mean, he was already preparing them for his departure before the crucifixion. Mm. Um, but especially that last 40 days, he's yeah. meeting with them, he's talking with them, he's telling about the kingdom of God. And the big event, the big event is what happens on the Feast of Pentecost when the, the Holy Spirit 
or I like the old, you know, growing up, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost would was gonna gonna come upon them, and and so we are kind of in our lead up to Pentecost mm-hmm. Sunday, instead of just you know kind of go from Easter and from Resurrection to then just have one Sunday of talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, we're it's, it's kind of mimicking what Jesus did with his disciples, and we're just really going to talk about. Uh, the gift that is the Holy Spirit. I think that's the, really the key, is that the Holy Spirit is a gift given to mm. humanity. And so we are exploring over the next another five weeks here mm. um, the ways in which the Holy Spirit is a gift, how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And, uh, man, it's, 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 it's a d- dynamic topic because while we can know some things and some truths about the Holy Spirit, there's still that wild nature of the Holy Spirit, mm. you know, and, you know, in my message on Sunday, I talked about three different ways that the Holy Spirit is our parakletos, mm. our, our helper, our advocate, our companion. But I mentioned that these were just three ways that yeah, I just, there, there was no time, mm. there's not a sermon long enough to, to really exhaust the list mm. of how the Holy Spirit helps us. And so perhaps the next few weeks we'll talk on other ways that the Holy Spirit helps us. And th- so this week was really just in-, in talking about this, the Greek word parakletos, saying that Jesus is, or that the Holy Spirit is our helper. Mm. It's this all-encompassing word that, depending on the context of the help that we need, that's what really informs what kind of help the helper will will, will, will give to us. Mm. You know, so I showed those pictures on Sunday of a broken down vehicle mm-hmm. and electrical fire and internet issues and things like that to just to say in a sense that when we go through life and we need help, um, the Holy Spirit is there to help us in, in a myriad of ways. And mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of what we're exploring. And I think just a quick little you know th- side note about that is in asking the Holy Spirit to help us, of course, we have in our minds how we think the Holy Spirit should help mm. us. Um, we don't have any understanding of how the Holy Spirit actually will help us. We just know mm. that that the Holy Spirit will, but at the end of the day, it's going to be up to us to hopefully have eyes that can see what's happening mm. and what He's doing. Because sometimes it's not always obvious in the moment. Um, sometimes we're looking for big, grandiose things, but oftentimes I think the Spirit works in small and subtle ways. Um, in addition to to other ways, that you're like, "Woof, <laughs> yeah, man, that was the that was the Spirit." Um, and so, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to when to you had mentioned this. that. Yeah, his like one of the term um, Spirit, right, is the the word for wind mm-hmm. or breath, ruach in the Hebrew. Um, what is it in the Greek? That was there, and then it was gone. Pneuma. Pneuma. Thank you. Pneuma. There it is. And the, yeah, but the, the, those Pneumatology. are really just kind of yeah. connect, right? I mean, they basically mean the same thing, don't they? Ruach and, yeah. and pneuma. Well, exactly. And I think, it's a, again, it creates kind of a word picture. And when you think about that, it's like when you think of breath or wind, yeah. it's you don't actually see it. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. What you see is the the effects of it, effects, yeah. or you you can kind of feel it in some some sense. Sure. Um, but I liked that, and you used the idea of a, a sailboat, right? We put up yeah. our sail, yeah, and yeah. Um, we, you know, when the spirit moves, it can guide or whatever. But like, 
it can be a lot of the times real subtle. And I suppose wind can show up in a whirlwind yeah. or storm sure. or that sort of like those kind of moments. But most often it's a gentle breeze. Yeah. And I think, again, we can kind of just almost grow insensitive um, or just we kind of assume when the spirit is working, we just take it for granted take in a way. Granted, yeah. um, and yeah. so I loved these last few weeks because we've gotten some big winds out yeah. at uh, our place, like with the warmer weather and stuff. Yeah. And I just love it. It's nice. Because um, everything feels so alive and it's like, yeah. Uh, but that's not every day. Right. Like today was a, a much calmer day, but it was still there. That's the nice. wind was still moving Absolutely. and it was still doing its thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like you said, being satisfied for whatever, however the wind's blowing today. I love it. Um, might be a good way to think about are we just going to get on board with how the spirit is moving today? Um, so yeah, you did help her. So you get, what were those three things that you gave us? So I said that the Holy Spirit is uh, the one who guides us into truth mm-hmm. and kind of tied that a little bit back to, to Ecclesiastes, talking about Hevel mm-hmm. living life through a foggy lens, not always being able to understand everything. And so the Holy Spirit is the one who is that voice. And as, as Isaiah says, there will be that one who, whether you go to the left or to the right, it's the one that, that says, this is the way, walk mm-hmm. walk in it. So guides us into truth. Um, well, talk- this is kind of interesting. Like, you don't get fog on a windy day. Right. No, that's it a kind good of point. Blo- kind of, kind of yeah, blow it off. Absolutely, yeah. That's good. Um, talked about how the Holy Spirit is... Uh, gosh, now it's it's starting. I hope y'all remember my sermon. On wow. I do. Uh, <laughs> Give me the next point here. I'm blanking here. So you yeah. you talked about uh, again. He guides us, and yeah. then he. Oh my gosh! Now it's going to be gone for me too. What? It was so good. It was right. Yeah, I was just thinking about it earlier. Um. Oh shoot. What was the last one? You had three. I wrote it yeah. in my sermon too. That's how yeah. I know I was rolling with it. We're gonna draw. It. Um. No, come on. You drew this one. This one came straight out of the text. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was... Uh, uh, I love this. This is good. People remember. Like, you, we joke about people not remembering right, our sermons. Right. We can't even remember yeah, our it, own. It happens, it happens um, to the best of us here. Um, I'm just going to look it up. Guys, the spirit of truth. You're going to say it. I'm going <laughs> to kick myself. Uh, let's see here. Where is this at? Sermons said, 2023. He will... Life-giving spirit. Hold on, folks. I love it. I love it. We're guided by the spirit of truth. <laughs> we are not orphans. That, oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You had the... It was like one of your favorite quotes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one, uh, that quote about this idea yeah. that a newborn, they can't conceive of this idea that this loving presence in their life could be in one room and then when they're not in that same room with them, mm-hmm. that they exist in another room. And so perhaps there's this idea for, of course, we don't exactly know what, what a newborn's thinking, but there's this idea that um, a newborn might might cry when its parent isn't, isn't around because, mm-hmm. you know, where where is it at? You know, where is this loving presence that's been feeding me and taking care of me, who has my best interest at heart, you know, and so I love how uh, they connect that to this, um, the the ironic, mm-hmm. ben- the blessing 
this idea that the God is turning his face towards us, shining his face on us mm. um, in a way that a newborn might look up at the face of its of mm. its mom or dad and say, well, it's like the we talked to the, the cat and dog theology that we yeah. talked about last week, how, you know, like a, a, a dog or a, a cat Christian would would look at at uh, at God and say, um, you feed me, you pet me, you clean up after me, I must be God, right? Mm. For those of the people who have cats, you know how cats are. But then dogs are com- usually the opposite, where a dog would say something like, well, you, you, you feed me, you pet me, you clean up after me, you must be God. You, mm. You're the one who cares and loves for me. And so I think that was important for the disciples to, to know and it, and it's I mean if we put ourselves in the place of the disciples like we're, we have the benefit of two thousand years of talking about the Holy Spirit but for them especially leading up to the point where they feel that mighty rushing wind I wonder how how much of a struggle that was for them to really understand what Jesus is saying I'm not going to be here you're not going to mm. see me but I'm going to be with you in in spirit you know and so. It, it wasn't, you know, they had to wait 10 days after Jesus ascended to heaven. They waited in Jerusalem. They waited until that, until that moment, until the Spirit blew uh, in, in, into, their, into their gathering, into their mm. prayer time. Well, and what a challenge to us to think about, like that parent who leaves the newborn. If yeah. we can whine, complain, wail, mm-hmm. what, it's, it's a sign that maybe we're not as sensitive to the Spirit as we ought to be. <laughs> sure. um, yeah. yeah. Because I, I don't know, I just as you were talking, I'm like, man, that's mm. convicting. <laughs> but I think in Philippians, I'm telling you, there there is just some piece of that. Like it talks about having you know the same spirit that Jesus had, yeah. but then he talks about you will shine like stars in the sky, yeah. right? Quoting Daniel and yeah. the, like the usher, uh, ma- oh, yeah. son of man ushering yeah. in, and the next line is <laughs> do nothing without complaining and grumbling. Yeah, yeah. It's like. That's it. That's all it takes. I'm like, you're like waiting for like, yes, how do I become like that? Do nothing with one. That's awesome. I love it. Um, That's so good. So there, there was, see, we, we, we had a Holy Spirit moment because Ben kept having in his mind, I got to go out to the car and get my phone. And, and I, we were like, I was like, you know what? There's going to be a reason um, that you keep reminding yeah. us. And this was, that was the moment. That was it. Yep. All right. Third point. Yep. Did you already lock that one in? I got that okay. one. I just read it. <laughs> God, uh, the Holy Spirit gives us peace, and there's mm. the story where Jesus is with the disciples in the locked room after he's risen, and they're still kind of unsure about things. I think some of them have seen Jesus, mm. Thomas hasn't, um, and Jesus like sort of just, <laughs> I love how Jesus just appears in mm. the room without using the door. You know, I just think that like, hey, guys. Some, there's some mischief going on there, yeah. you know, you have to wonder, but... So Jesus goes to his disciples and he breathes on them and he says, "Receive, uh, receive the Spirit." And he says, um, "My peace I, I give to you." And then in John fourteen, he says the same thing: "My peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives." Um, and so that that peace that that Jesus is giving to his disciples mm-hmm. through the Spirit is connected with the command, do not fear, which mm. we see all throughout Scripture, um, this idea. We, we do not have to fear because uh, God's Spirit is, is with us. And um, that's such a such an elementary point mm. you know, for us that it's, it's easy to take that for granted. It's easy to, to say, I know that in my mind, but not let that impact mm. my daily life. 
there is, I mean, the wind for the guiding is a great one. I love the breath mm. for the peace because it's, there's this intimacy, yeah. right? Like yeah. if someone's breathing on me, they're probably closer than I'm comfortable with. Most likely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Unless it's my wife and then I'm, sure. I'm all about feeling her breath on my neck or whatever. Um, in that way, like, but that's kind of neat. Like when Jesus says, like, I, I breathe on you in the spirit, that's like the yeah. spirit is a sign that God is that close to us, that he's that intimate. Yes. What yes. a powerful picture it is. Absolutely. And important, like you said, to remember yeah. when Jesus, when, again, the one we can't see or feel or touch. Yeah. Um, again, when we can sense his, his breath, his spirit with us, that's like, it's a reminder that yeah. I'm, I haven't abandoned you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, you're, I'm right here with you. And I think, you know, probably the, the takeaway for me for the, for the Holy Spirit is the idea that um, the, the success of the church, the coming of the kingdom of God isn't going to necessarily happen because we did our very best. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've got a job to do, but at the end of the day, it doesn't hinge on whether we got everything right, and thanks be to God for that. But it's going to be because the Holy Spirit is working through people. Um, ultimately, God's going to, um, you know, things. everything is in His hands from start to finish. And so that's been a good reminder for me, because it's easy to f- forget that. Um, and so we get a little part to play, and my, my daily prayer for the last few days mm-hmm. has been praying for... <laughs> Holy Spirit shenanigans yeah. uh, for for the Holy Spirit to disrupt my day, to step into my routine, to um, like wind blow into my sail, whether it's in a direction that I was prepared uh, to go or not. Yeah. So. Well, that's a, I mean such such a good good encouragement, right? We don't we don't get to we're not responsible for outcomes, mm-hmm. right? Mend your sails. Yeah. Get get them up. Yeah. Make sure that mast is ready to go. Absolutely. And then you wait. You yeah. wait patiently. Yeah. And like you said, if the wind blows like a torrent and we get crazy shenanigans that send us flying across the water, yeah. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. If we're going for just yeah. a, a little smooth sail today, then let's be satisfied in that. Enjoy whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's good. Amen. Looking forward to this next week. All right. The oh yes, seal. we got so the seal. The seal. It'll be fun. So we'll talk about. Um, there's a lot we're going to talk about. Ben's Ben's concerned because I have four points and I like to talk a lot. Um, I mean, I don't really. Have, I can't say anything. So I talked for 30 minutes on Sunday, and that was supposed to be the one where I was intentionally going to keep it shorter. But oh well, um, what do you do? It was, it I test ran. It was 23 and change. <laughs> there you go. You're good. So You're we'll good, see how man. it goes. That's awesome. Every once in a while, I do get excited and add a couple minutes there. Yeah, but no, I get it. Luckily, I'm pretty scripted. Here we go. That's all right. Um, some things coming up that we hope to see some shenanigans from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, we got a Pursuit uh, event this uh, April 20th, 6 p.m. So if you're a college student, if you're a uh, young married, newly married, if you're if you're a young family. Um, and, you know, I had a, a couple of our uh, seniors uh, email me go, this is discrimination, unless they do it, and then it's fine. Um, but I told them I'd sneak them in. That's super um, if they, you know, if We're not going to turn anybody away who comes, but, yeah. again, we're just going to probably roast some hot dogs or something over a fire, have a bonfire, hang out together. Um, good. I might share from Psalm 107, good. which is my new favorite psalm. Okay, okay. So what... Dude, so what caused that or when, when did this know, happen? I just read it and there's there's some so I kind of really nerd out on literary design and this one's like highly structured and then it's like like I, I, I don't know how I haven't seen it before yeah. but it is like I mean he sets you up in the intro and then he's got these four kind of movements before he closes it out 
and it's good. It's good. Do you want to read that to close? Oh, I could. The podcast? I could, yeah, let's do it. It's Psalm 107. Yeah, as well. Let's do it. Um, yeah, well, well, let me do a... Anyway, we've got Bed Build 29th, Pancake yes. Breakfast the 30th, uh, Graduation Sunday. If you're a graduate or you know a graduate that wants to be celebrated here, make sure you register online. Yeah, and you can go... Hey, we got a new <laughs> new website that's I gotta get that banner going up. on right now. Um, same, same address, wyattparkcc.org. And on the front page, you can sign up for the bed build. We need people. If you are coming to the bed build, um, we really need you to sign up so we know uh, who's coming. So Tanya kind of has a clue uh, about what to expect. And when you, so when you're signing up, you're going to want to look for the Benedictine uh, Atchison, Kansas chapter. That's who we are um, uh, basically underneath. That's who we are working with, even though they won't be on site with us. So if you don't see St. Joseph, uh, Missouri, um, just look for the Benedictine uh, chapter and click on that, and you'll be able to register for that event, for the bed build. Right on. So Psalm 107, this is a, it's, it's like 40 verses, so we're, we're in for it here. But um, something to listen for is the song of like the Lord's redeemed, or he's calling them to just uh, be thankful but then it'll give basically four situations mm. or four pictures of w- what God has saved people out of mm. um, kind of situations. It's, it's really beautiful. Nice. Anyway, enjoy. Yeah. Oh, God. Or I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Two words in and we're not. Even, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered from the lands, from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of a man, for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness, in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Mm. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in song and joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep, for he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to the heavens. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. 
They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wits' end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord." Hmm. That's Oof. good. That's good. There's there's a lot of meat. Oh my goodness. There's a lot of meat in that. Yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna I'm thinking about doing some lyrics and trying to write a song out of that. That'd and then awesome. we'll find somebody to put it to music. That'd but be nice. it's got four. You got you got a chorus, you got a bridge, mm. you got four verses there, man. That's so yeah, really one cool. who wanders in the wilderness yeah. is just looking. You yeah. got the prisoner who needs to be set free, set free. because of their own devices. You got the yeah. fool. Yeah. Who just makes poor choices. Yeah. And then I think the savvy the sh- business person, shrewd yeah. Yeah. Yeah, person who's, again, sailing to make money. But mm-hmm. the, it seems to be connected to, again, wealth and m- making funds and relying on one's own mm-hmm. skill. So that wit's end is a phrase that means their their skill did them no good. Their wisdom did them no, their no, them no good. That at some point it was like they really felt like they could... I think in James or when Jesus talks about, don't say, I'll go here and do this thing, or yeah. I think it's that kind of person. Gotcha. And so God's redeemed them all. That's awesome. He's call, he, he answers their call, their cry for help. When they turn and so no matter where you identify, it's like you're part of the redeemed. That's pretty cool. I love it. That's good stuff. <laughs> there you oh, go. Man. Mini sermon. That's a little, uh, little treat for you guys to end the podcast. All right. Well, beware of those bears. Yeah, grace and peace out.